Thanks to viewers like you and SassyGamers.com. Bar Rock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bar Rock Cafe, the party fled to the sewers of Waterdeep while Brock revealed that he had a malevolent spirit named Roll living inside him. They found their way to the graveyard district where Epi's friend, Diana, gave them shelter for the night. Epi summoned his familiar, Dot, and sent them to investigate what happened at the guard station after they left. Are their names in the clear, or are our heroes on the run from the law? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe! So last time, our party went to sleep in a mausoleum trying to avoid any negative attention from the law as Epi sent her familiar Dot to go check out what happened at the guard station. So the party wakes up now. And we all slept like the dead. Huh. Realizes that Dot has been sitting outside the mausoleum door for most of the night. But he has a report. And hopefully some slippers. Oh, good. You're all awake. Now, here's what I found when I went to the guard station. Are you all paying attention? Because I really don't want to have to repeat myself. I just, I'm not feeling it this morning. I was out here in the mist and the cold and it was just awful. Just awful. I, I'm really sorry. I am, I'm so sorry, Dot. Yeah, I mean... I'll make it up to you. Uh, you, can, you can sit under the warm blanket if you want. Oh. I can sit under the warm blanket that you had all night. That's great. Yeah. How about... This is just spitballing here. How about I just give you the report... And then I go somewhere for a while. That's... that's fair. Great, it's a deal. Alright. I... while, uh, while the two of them are been, are talking, I actually want to have Brock go and sit down where Epi was sleeping. And if, if I have to, I'll do a stealth roll to see whether Epi notices me doing that. Okay. Do you want me to do a stealth roll? Are you trying to keep her from noticing? Yep keep him from noticing. I mean, we're yeah. really bad about that. Everyone I want you to know, the person playing Epi is a woman, so that's why we keep misgendering Epi. We do respect <laughs> Epi's gender pronouns. Yes, roll a stealth check. I rolled a nat one. <laughs> one second. That was fast. <laughs> I know the drill. Let me find a D100. Alright. Starting out strong. Go ahead, Epi, roll. I rolled a... Th roll perception, no. Epi. Just to make sure you don't nat one as well. <laughs> it wasn't a nat one. All right, I rolled fifty-five and a four. I had a forty. So fifty-five and forty. Yep. So Brock just tripped on his way towards your uh, sleeping thing and face planted into your blankets. <laughs> and Epi, just you know, this is the most obvious display of Brock did not stealth that at all. Nope. It looks like Epi takes a solid, like, five seconds of just kind of blinking at the air before turning over, like, what just, hap what just happened? Because I rolled a two plus a two for perception. <laughs> it's okay, I tripped. So It's okay, I tripped. I'm fine. I'm just going to stay here, though. I just, I landed on my face. Ah, Rook is shaking her head. Okay. I've been awake for maybe two minutes, guys. That's uh, okay. S same here. Same here. So, uh, 
I will let you know if something happens with your wild magic surge. But Dot is now standing at the door, watching all this, and he's like, Are y'all y'all ready? You wanna Yes. You wanna hear what I got to say? You sure? It, yes, please. I'm so sorry, Dot. Go ahead. Oh no no. I apologize for interrupting your comfortable night's sleep. Here. I'll try to be quick, okay? <laughs> so I went back to the guard post, right, where you guys were held prisoner. It wasn't hard to find, because there was a crowd. It's a big old crowd, because it was a scene. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. Like, they got police tape all over the place. I don't know if we have police tape in Waterdeep. <laughs> it's a thing in some planes, but it was everywhere, right? Like, there's crowds, there's guards. Well, luckily, and it goes invisible, and it goes... I can go invisible, and you just hear him still standing there, and he pops back into visibility. So I snuck around, and I took a look, right? Well, so, all right, where to start? Let's see. First of all, everybody's dead. What? I, define everyone's dead. I mean, everybody's dead. Everybody that was in that guard, guard post is dead. The guards, the magister, all dead. All of them. So, on the one hand, I feel bad about this. On the other hand, was there any signs that there's now a bounty on me or Armbar whose faces had been seen by everyone there, or are we good? Well, there was mention of somebody named Kevin. <clears throat> Kevin to the rescue. That's, yes, very, very interesting. But yeah, so what had happened was, whoever you guys left behind there, uh... There was a fight, they won, and then uh, they cut off the Magister's head, stuck it on a spike out front. Epi just slow turn looks at Brock, kind of slow turns back to Dot. So, did you hear if perhaps um, they were on friendly terms with us or not? Well, I mean, they weren't there. Whoever you guys left, they, they killed these guys, and then they left. Oh, boy. Okay, so it actually depends. I told them we were going to go act as lookout, and then because we kind of chickened out, because I have a second evil soul that was negotiating with them, and I just needed to GTFO, we def... And that's that's the technical term in Waterdeep, by the way, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, uh... So it depends on whether or not they think we we sketched out on them or if we just left once everything was good. So if they think that we didn't stick around, they might be mad at us. Does anyone know what GL stands for? Because it's not any of the gangs I know in Waterdeep, but I feel like they're a gang. Well, it's funny you should mention GL because it was written in blood on the wall. Oh, that's lovely. Uh... Great interior decorating. I feel like we're going to have some of that on our wall soon. You don't think it means, like, good life or something, right? Oh, yeah, it means good luck. <laughs> Get lucky? I don't know. There's a lot of combinations. Can I roll a history check to see if I know? I don't know sure, why I would, but I'm gonna check. Okay, what is my history bonus? Oh my god, I forgot what my history bonus was. Okay, hang on. Well, it's an intelligence-based one, so I feel like you're pretty good. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm using big, big dice. Good <laughs> A big roll. <laughs> it's 
called Big Dice for a reason. Did you roll your big dice <laughs> through some, like, blinds? <laughs> I'm rolling my big dice. Wow. <laughs> uh, so to, let's just say that Epi is in a, a bleary haze right now. Oh, no. Just kind of, you can tell that he's just really thinking hard. So I rolled a two, and my bonus is six, which winds up with a whopping eight. Okay. So, I mean, at the very least, it is not one of the more well-known criminal organizations. Because you do know about, like, the Xanathar's Guild, the Zintarim, and, like, maybe a couple of others, but none of them have GL as any part of their signatures. I feel like Rook might know from her dealings. What role would that be, though? History? Go ahead and roll history. Yeah. Can I, like, help Rook by describing the tattoo? Because I don't think she saw the tattoos. Maybe, like, the mark would help. Sure. I'll go ahead and let you and Epi have advantage. So Epi, roll again. Okay. Just so I can hear that massive dice okay. one more time. And, and Rook, roll I'm very advantage. happy you said roll at advantage, because my first roll was 7, and my second was 19. So let's go with that 19. Dang. Okay. All right, all right. Let's see what Epi knows. Yes. Oh, no, my oh. God. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a 1. Oh. But fortunately, that was actually the lower of the two rolls, so yeah. wild magic doesn't oh, proc. Good. So, yeah, because it's advantage, that's not technically your roll. That's you yeah. can really tell. Epi's just just blinking, trying to keep up with the conversation. <laughs> it's too early for this. I get a glass of water and I press to digitize it into tea for Epi. <laughs> so it it tastes like tea. It's still water. <laughs> Epi just looks at this. Hot looks water. at Brock. Looks at the tea. Your tea is full of lies, but it sure is tasty. <laughs> All right. So Rook, you're you rolled a nineteen. Is that the final number, or? Yeah, that's the final number. Okay. So you've been around. You've been around Waterdeep for a little while now. You've had a lot of interaction with like some shadier elements. <laughs> You don't ever recall GL coming up. Okay. But, you know, new gangs come and go pretty frequently. Right. So it definitely could be a new gang. The way the thing looks, it looks like a gang sign. But you've never heard of it before. Okay. Ugh, probably one of the bigger groups splintered or something. Alright, maybe Felix has heard of something when we rendezvous with him later. Yeah. Somebody knows it's probably him. Speaking of, Dot, did you... Did I... I forget. Did I actually ask you about Felix? I don't know. You might have. I didn't see him anywhere. Okay. He's wily. That's, that's very in character for him. Don't worry about it. Right. Anyway, so the guard barracks completely just wrecked. Everything inside was turned over and destroyed. The two guards that were posted there, they're dead. Magister, she's dead. Head on a spike outside. Really just very graphic, very bloody. I tried my best not to make a scene and not to touch anything, but then I remembered you did ask me for something, so I did take her slippers, and he throws you a pair of really bloody slippers. Don't... Uh... Oh, I, um... They just sort of land with a splat right in front of you. Don't... I... I realize I left you outside in the cold all night, and I feel sorry for that, but 
Really, this this just seems personal. I don't even have human feet. And he just kind of wiggles his hooves. <laughs> Happy. Can I, while we have the distraction of Dot throwing bloody slippers on the ground, I want to see if I can find Epi's big book. <laughs> roll for it, motherfucker. Because it's definitely... Wait, roll for it. <laughs> Go ahead. What is that? That's like a sleight of hand roll? Uh, if you're trying to find... Investigation? Yes, investigation. All right, I've got my green die here. That is a natural oh, 20. Well, go ahead and roll 2d100. I'm going to go against my nat All right, let's see. dice. I rolled... Who, buddy? I did not roll a 20. I rolled a 10 plus a 4. All right, I rolled a 69. <laughs> nice. And a 91. <laughs> you all see a spotlight appear right over... Brock. Mm. <laughs> like like a stage spotlight and it's just shining down on him. Epi, you see Brock looking around. Because again, that last stealth roll was a nat one. So you see him like digging around for your book. And he finds it. Because you just woke up. So? I thought you'd want to take notes. If you want, I can take them for you. Epi just kind of looks him up and down. I take it you've taken a uh, interest in my literature. Don't worry, I'll I'll walk you through it later. And he holds out his hand and kind of gives you a look. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong so far, so I hold Epi's book out to him. <laughs> take my book. And I just kind of hold my book for now. Okay, you have your book. I hold out a quill. I take the quill. I hold the quill as well. And I write in the book, save this for later. And I draw a very, probably terrible sketch of what looks like Brock sticking his, his tongue out and going <laughs> at, the, at whoever's reading it. And then I close the book. <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> Of all the wild magic rules, the one that highlights what I'm doing the most. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Personally, the spotlight's so fitting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's literally like a stage spotlight. Like, you're on stage performing. And it lasts for about ten minutes, and then it goes away. So Dot is standing at the door. Alright, so am I done? Am I good? Can I leave? Well, I hate to be in imposition, but... Oh, do you? Oh, do you? Not really. A little bit. Uh-huh. I feel a little uh -huh. bad about what I'm about to ask. Uh-huh. Can you get my actual slippers instead of the bloody ones? Oh, you wanted your slippers. The slippers for your hoof feet. The slippers that literally serve no purpose for your feet that are hooves. <laughs> yeah, I'll go get those. Well, I... I mean, if you if you say it that way, it's sounds... he's already gone. He's he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to tell the tell Dot where we're gonna be today. I didn't think we were planning to hang out here long enough for them to run back to your hotel and back. <laughs> Epi just sort of sits for a minute. You you can just see the little hamster wheel turning in his brain. Oh right, right. I forgot about that. He sips his not tea, his tea of lies. So um. 
I mostly did that to be petty, but now I feel kind of bad. One of these days, I'm gonna find out what it is that Dot eats and something that Dot likes for a treat. Can your magic book tell Dot where to meet us? You can see the hamster wheel turning once more. <laughs> Hold on. And I open the book and I write, can you tell Dot where we're going to be? The letters fade into the page, and then in very tight, flowing handwriting, yes. Epi writes back, perfect, thank you. Ask Dot what she would, what, what Dot would like as bribery for getting my slippers. There's a bit of a delay. And then more letters reappear in that tight, flowing handwriting. Dot is your familiar. You do not have to bribe them. Epi writes back, I know I don't have to, but I feel kind of bad and I kind of want to. The letters fade. No response. <laughs> Fair enough. I close the book and I look over and I'm like, so, Brooke, I see you've taken an interest in my uh, holy tome. I mean, I took an interest last night. That shouldn't be surprising. True. I'm curious what you've written about me in it. Well, hmm. All right. And I'm just going to scoot over next to Brock. I'm going to open it up and I'm going to write in there. Would you be so kind as to pull up all of the notes I have on Brock? Letters fade. And everything you've written about Brock appears underneath the picture of Brock sticking out his tongue. I, pull, I, I show this to Brock in a way that is definitely not at all passive-aggressive. <laughs> you, you're you a very talented artist, Epi. Thank you. Epi was not, in fact, a very talented artist. <laughs> 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 so, is your book a Kaleshtar? I look at the book. I look at him. No. That's a book. But the voice that talks to you in your book, is it or was it ever a Kalishtar? I write in the book, I'm pretty sure that you're not, but are you a Kalishtar? And I scratch out the A and write it correctly that time. The letters fade. The response, no, I'm a book. I, I point to the letter. <laughs> See, it's a book. Okay. That's... It's really weird that you used the phrasing you weren't used before, but I can't make other sense of it. It's fine. It's fine. So... <clears throat> You're a very strange person, Epi. That is not the first time I've heard that. Probably won't be the last. But don't worry. I, I swear I'm harmless. <laughs> I just wanted to know what was written in there about me. Uh, I think you'll understand. Like, I feel a little spied on after last night's conversation. I feel a little bit better now. Well, that's good. That's really what I was hoping for. So, Roku's, you know, trying to look too cool for for school from across the room. Calls out to you, Epi, and says, Well, Epi, like, I don't really care what you think about me or anything, but have you written anything about me? Epi kind of looks down at the book, looks back up, writes in. Can you pull up anything that I've written about Rook? <clears throat> Rook coolly walks over, you know. So above game, have you actually written anything about Rook in your book? <laughs> I don't think I did while we were in the sewers, but I may have, like, before I went to bed at some point. 
So, stuff that would pop up would just be like, you know, about the, the wild magic effect. The fact that she didn't remember that, you know, she was Rook for a while. And there's a side note in there about... He's got a weird little symbol that kind of almost looks like a weird L, followed by, you're her sister. Um, upon remembering the screaming of that time, Rook closes the book and says, Oh, okay, yeah, cool, th- thanks for showing that to me. That's cool. Uh, rather not remember that again. Well, hopefully you won't ever not not remember that again. Don't worry about it. I mean, at least you didn't have a giant monkey paw show up in the middle of a heist. A monkey, right, foot. monkey foot. Although I guess if you think about it too long, it's basically the same apparatus on their hands and their feet. Also, if Felix asks us to do anything illegal anytime in the next several weeks, the answer is no. Rook, I don't speak for you. You, you do your thing. I am not opting into anything that involves getting in trouble with the law for a little bit. Today was a scare. Yesterday was a scare, I guess. It's been a long two days. You know, it has been. And to be honest, he'd kind of be the one to understand that. That's true. Oh, who wants to tell Felix that the great Martine blurted out that we were hired by him and I put my finger on my nose like a small child? I'll do it. I wasn't really there, but I'll do it. I just don't want to be the messenger on this one. Uh, we already ha- I already have to answer for the fact that that heist went so badly. I mean, to your credit, it was probably more that I didn't come up with a very convincing lie. I really should have stuck with the Kevin story a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I really... It, it's fine. It's fine. It's probably on me. Oh, also, Epi... Just a food for thought here. I've heard complaints from other people in Waterdeep that were near the Bard Rock. We aren't the only people this is happening to, as I understand it. It's okay if wild magic happens to just emphasize the fact it keeps happening. We don't need to come up with a lie to explain the wild magic. I don't think. That's a pretty good point. I'll have to keep that in mind for any future shenanigans. Although I have to admit, Rook, you make it so, seem so easy to just walk in someplace, take something, and walk back out. Like, I've never seen you do it, but you you always come back with something that's definitely not yours. You make it look so easy. Rook shrugs. It's kind of the only thing I do. So... Well, I mean, to be fair, you're also pretty badass in general. So that's another thing you can put in your little deck of cards of things you can do. Rook's not showing her face. So, But you can uh, trust that she's, uh, she's happy to hear what you just said. It'd be kind of very, very small grin. Anyway. Alright, so now that we've confirmed we probably aren't wanted by the law, I have to go deal with an insurance claim again today. And we need to go find Felix. And I, I'm very curious. Uh, I asked about Giuseppe von Burst yesterday. Maybe Felix heard about that. <clears throat> you know, really, I, I don't. That may not be a great lead to look into. It's, it's fine. Do you want to show me what your book has to say about Giuseppe, and maybe that could be the end of it? Absolutely not. Then I think I want to hear what Felix has to say. <laughs> if he kind of looks between Brock and the book, look. And I need you to trust you about this. I know, I know. It's 
I know. So I need you to trust me that this is not something I do very often. I need you to drop that. I'm going to drop it after I hear Felix, because I already asked Felix. So if Felix has something, I'm not going to not listen to it. All right, but be cool about it. I won't pursue it further after what Felix has to say. You have my Thank word. I, I appreciate it. Be kind of looks awkwardly around. <laughs> so, is is Arnbar usually such a, a deep sleeper? Uh, he, he definitely got kicked in the head by an alpaca yesterday. I think he's justified. I mean, <laughs> you got, yes, I'm aware you got kicked, and you take kicks less well than he does. But he got kicked in the head multiple times. And he also, yes, is a very deep sleeper. He was in a coma from having a building dropped on him two days ago, as you might recall. Should we check for brain damage when he wakes up? I mean, that's a lot of stuff falling on your head before... I mean this with the love and respect. Somebody talking about his best friend, we wouldn't notice. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be just kind of... (laughs) Understandable. Imagine he wakes up and he's like... Plus 20 intelligence or some shit. Like, it's extremely <laughs> smart now. <laughs> that was the wild magic roll from earlier. It's just, Armbar has all the intelligence yes. now. <laughs> the kick fixed whatever it was that was broken, and now he's a savant. Here. Yes. <laughs> it dislodged the Homer Simpson cram. Yes. <laughs> Happy just looks at him. So, I think if we leave him here to sleep it off. He'll probably be fine. I mean, nobody really comes into this particular crypt. Yeah, that's fine. We can leave him a... Oh, we can't leave him a note. Oh, uh, we could leave a picture. We can we could draw him a yes, picture. Yes. Alright, alright. So, we know my artistic ability. We could leave him here to tell Dot where to meet us. True. You could tell Dot to give information to Armbar, and then Armbar can meet up with us. That's a good point. I like this plan. Alright, so let's... Where's the best place for us to go looking for Felix? Epi just looks at Rook. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would know, but uh, above game, I don't actually know. So Rook... What? Yeah, normally he would check at the Bard Rock during, like, Felix's normal business hours as a cat mm. merchant. With the Bard Rock destroyed, you think he is probably, uh... Somewhere in the Docks District, but you're not positive where... Probably make our way there and start a search. Well, you know, I wanted to go and uh, I, one of my neighbors created this uh, bard off that's happening in a few days. And I wanted to thank them and sign up my band for it anyway. So why don't we head that way and hopefully we can find Felix on the way. Word. Sounds good to me. I jot a little note in my, uh, in my book um, to... Have Dot ask us where we are when they find the slippers. The letters fade, no response. So are you telling me that Armbar's gonna wake up and see a pair of bloody slippers just there? I was waiting. I pressed to digitize the blood off the slippers. Abby kind of looks at it. And off of the ground, I pressed to digitize the (laughs) presence of the blood, although I'm guessing there's probably still a stain and smell. You sanitize the area as best as your magic will allow. Man, I really should have been a magical cleaning service. Really? You should have, honestly. It's it's kind of impressive. 
But I will say that given the fact that these belong to somebody who is currently on a, on a spit, maybe we could do a little better. And you just see Epi kind of flip through his book right quick and just uh, snaps his fingers and this little plume of fire comes up like if you struck a lighter. And then he just goes, blows on it. And then you see this just fire moat just blast into the slippers and I'm assuming obliterate them. <laughs> yeah, the slippers are now horribly burnt. It is now extremely smoky inside this mostly enclosed space. Yeah. <laughs> and then Epi's just like, oh, I didn't think about that. One second. And then Thaumaturgy to throw the doors open and hopefully blow everything out. Well, I mean... I assume the doors were still open. Yeah, the doors were still open. It's just... Ah. You're inside a, a crypt Fair right enough. now. <laughs> can Thaumaturgy create, like, a wind? I think... I think press the digitation cam reading it to see if I can create a like light draft. Yeah, I don't think uh, thaumaturgy can cause wind. I just thought it would throw the doors open if they weren't open already. <laughs> oh, I can create a puff of wind. So with press the digitation, I create a puff of wind to move the smoke slowly out of the doors. Okay. So you have just a a slow. I basically am a fan. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing basically the equivalent of you actually like blowing on the smoke, trying to get it to to leave. Well, I thought it was slightly better than that. It's. I mean, it's. It's a puff of wind. It You can control where it starts from, but yeah, it's not... I mean, you're able to clear the smoke a little bit. It's going to take a minute. Epi kind of politely kicks the ashes off to the side. So, I'm probably going to hear about that from my good friend. Look, I tried to keep them at least a little clean if I sleep in the crypts. I, uh... Yeah. Nobody tell Diana on her way out. Or do you think she's still asleep at this hour? Uh, probably. She is up all night making sure the crypts are, you know, taken care of. Nobody does anything like snakes into them. Snakes out of them. Alright, let's just leave her a note. Let's just leave her a note on her door then. That could work. Somebody's rolling massive dice back. <laughs> no, I thought that was actually us shutting the door behind us. Sorry, that was my, uh, my upstairs landlord dropping something. <laughs> They're dropping wow. their dice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, can, all right, let's canonically use that as a shutting one of the two tomb doors <laughs> so that Armbar is still somewhat concealed, but Doc can come in. Okay, so as you slam the door shut, Armbar just kind of like... <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> but we did leave the other one open enough Doc can get in. That's important to remember. Epi kind of leans over. You sure do know how to pick him. He's not got much in the way of brains, but... You know, I'm pretty sure you could hit him with a train, he'd be fine. He literally walked off having a building dropped on him, so yes. That's a fair point. Yeah, it wasn't just, like, part of the building that fell on him. It was, like, the support bar that goes across the length of the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he took it right to the head. Yeah, and he's fine. He just walked it off. So you guys leave the crypt. It is early morning. There is kind of a a misty fog that's rolling over the, the graveyard. Uh, but it's not cold. It's actually kind of warm and comforting and nice. And it's just a nice morning. Happy seems a bit in his element for someone who's not at all a morning person most of the time. And also seems to know his way around, oddly enough. Uh, well, we don't find it that odd. We, As far as we understand it, Epi worships the god of death, so... True. 
I forgot about that. Anyway. <laughs> As you guys are making your way back over to Diana's hut, which is, you know, a little ways through the graveyard, you do actually see Diana herself. And you see her lighting a, a bit of incense in front of a grave and then sitting in front of it. And hovering behind her, you see a translucent, pale white figure just hovering there. Ooh. Epi pulls out his book and kind of starts sketching the figure as best he can and walks up. So, uh, Diana hears you approach, but she didn't walk up stealthily. Ah. Uh, so she stands up and turns around, and as she turns, the figure just kind of drifts away into the mist, like, turns to mist as she turns around. Epi kind of just, like, his mid-sketch looks up and it's just like, oh, You couldn't have held it there for a little bit longer. What do you mean, dear? He turns the book around and shows her. What a lovely drawing. You're getting better. Thanks, I'm, I'm trying. Did you sleep well? One of you's missing. Uh, Where's the big one? Still sleeping. Uh, I was actually going to ask... Uh, if he wakes up before uh, we can get back to him, you just tell him we went to the docks district, uh, roughly where my cafe was. He knows the part of town. All right. I'll make sure he finishes his rest unbothered, and I'll let him know where you are. Thank you, Diana. Also, um, about the ash that's in there currently. Hmm? Very sorry. Um, yeah, a very, very large slipper-shaped bug. Anyway. Right. Uh, if you want, I can take a broom, run back there, and sweep it out, but that's up to you. Diana just shakes her head. She's like, it's fine. I'll clean it up. Thank you, Diana. It's my job. I know, but I try not to make things harder on you too much. I know you do. <laughs> I appreciate you. So, who's, whose grave was that? And presumably ghost. Ghost? Who? Uh, well, the, the spectral person behind you when you were doing your thing. Yeah, they were sort of translucent. There was a, like, glowing white person-shaped thing. Oh, what a nice thought. Well, it was kind of behind you, so maybe you didn't see it. This grave belongs to my husband. Oh. Epi jots a very quick note in his book that says, Can I have this page? You see the full drawing appear on the page, and it just sort of slices itself out very, just perfectly. All right, and I thank you, and I, I hand it to her. It's not the best drawing, but you can have it. Oh, well, thank you. Well, what a nice thought. All right, is there anything else I can do for you all? Not me at the moment. I have a... Uh... I have things to do that are not in the realm of the dead today. That's fair. Uh, I think I'm good for now. And I'll be here. I kind of wave as I walk off. <laughs> she goes back to kneeling in front of the grave. No figure behind her. And Diana, before we leave, uh, when uh, when my cafe is rebuilt, I don't remember if I mentioned this last night at all, please stop by. Your first drink is on me for your hospitality. Epi yells back, don't order the tea. It's full of lies. I'm going to improve the tea. I hope you do. I would also love if I could get your tea recipe so I could serve it at the cafe. Diana smiles and says, it's a deal. I'll see you then. Thank you.
and off to the dark district we go. So you guys make your way out of the city of the dead. World seems normal. You have to go through the southern district to get back to the docks district. It's busy, seems like a regular day. There's a guy out on the street corner peddling tacos from a cart. I definitely do not want to roll that constitution check. <laughs> There's a young man outside of a store talking about a grand opening and you know, inviting everybody to come inside. But what kind of store is it? Yeah, I take a flyer. It looks to be a clothing store. Oh. Epi kind of looks at it. Hey, Brock. Great question. Yeah? Do you have any performance clothes that made it out of that fire okay? I literally have the shirt on my back. Epi kind of looks at you. Looks at the clothing store. Looks at Rook, who seems to be just like... Ugh. About this? Yep. So... After we've signed up for that, let's go back here. Don't worry, I'll I'll treat. Uh, thank you, you're so nice, Epi. You're welcome. Don't expect this to be a habit. I also have to deal with my insurance today. That might take all day, as you might recall. Or at least <laughs> Rook might recall. Uh-huh. I was supposed to deal with it yesterday, but you all remember how yesterday went. Yep. Yep. That was... I think... Yes. Yesterday. We don't talk about yesterday. Yesterday. What a day. (laughs) So you guys make your way the rest of the way through the Southern District. Back in the Docks District. Kind of right in the middle. Where are you trying to go? Uh, We were going to stop at the cafe that is uh, hosting the Bard off so I could sign up my band. Okay, so it's like about a city block away from the Bard Rock. So you're just going back there. Yep. Make your way there. As you're walking down that street, there is a young man with bags under his eyes and he turns and he sees you Brock he's like what you're here you're here and he runs up he's like oh god and he hands you another note it's the same runner from the insurance company as before (laughs) and I pull out a water skin and a gold piece and I hand them both to him and say take a break boy he just doesn't even look at the gold piece he just takes the water skin and just starts chugging it right there (laughs) I'm so sorry. I had a day yesterday, and that means you had a day, too. I'm so sorry. He's just... he. It takes him a minute. He completely empties out the water skin, which is impressive because it's like a gallon in there, right? And he puts it down and like, Oh, God. I'm so happy. <laughs> he just, like, he hugs you. <laughs> I just kind of lean over to Rook. I'm like, There's noblemen's and their servants. Good Lord. Rook rolls her eyes. I know. <laughs> so he, he takes the gold piece, like, thank you. And he, he's about to turn away, and he's like, he stops. And he looks back at you with this look of, like, dawning dread. He's like, do you have a message that you'd like me to convey back to them? I, I, re- I have to read what I was given first. Okay. He is standing there with bated breath waiting for you to read it. It is another message from Melody, I think, is the one that was there yep. uh, basically saying that she has done a lot of legwork but you need to come there just to sign your name like 500 times so that she can continue working on the insurance claim you don't need to convey anything I'm going to head over there in probably the next half an hour so you're, you don't have anything from me I will be there shortly thank you <laughs> he, just, he just sort of walks over to like the nearest <laughs> inn he just makes his way inside Brock 
My God. I did not put this boy through this. The guilds do not treat their employees right near, as I can tell. Clearly. That boy's a very hard worker. With the injury built, I might poach him. For sport or for a job? <laughs> <laughs> for a job, Ellie. <laughs> run, boy! It's only fun when they run. <laughs> the most dangerous game. Remember the zigzag? I don't want it to be too easy. <laughs> There was an inn called Bard Rock Cafe that burned to the ground one day. With help from you for a copper or two, reconstruction can start right away. Minstrels will come from all round to bring you quality sound. At Three Towers you might find music delight. Come see the best bards in town. You are cordially invited to join us for a bard off. Join Brock as he tries to prove he's the greatest bard in Waterdeep for our 14th episode. You don't want to miss it. I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Alright, so we, we go into the uh, inn that's hosting the bard off. Uh, do I know the proprietor already? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, this is the Three Towers. Okay, because you're both on the same street, you and her kind of share patrons a lot. You're both very performance-oriented. You get a lot of performers stopping in. If they visit one place, they probably visit the other. So you have a lot of repeat customers between the two of you and uh you do see the proprietor sarah who is also one of our listeners that's the name for sarah clark on facebook oh, she is cool. behind the counter polishing a glass kind of getting ready for the day and she looks up oh brock it's good to see you sarah how are you doing today oh i'm doing probably better than you how are you Oh, as you can imagine, it has been a rough three days for me, but I'm feeling very well. I saw your ad yesterday. Uh, thank you so much for your charity and kindness. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy I can help, and it's a good good publicity anyway. You know, I'm a pragmatist. Absolutely. So I just wanted to stop in and first of all, thank you again. And I wanted to sign my band up to participate, if that's all right. And you have a band. Yes, we haven't played in some time. We uh, We kind of took our time off to focus on the cafe, but... You know, I and Melody and Harmony and DJ, we used to be a band before we founded the cafe, so I thought it'd be a nice time to kind of do a reunion and play at the concert. Well, that sounds wonderful. Uh, there's there's quite a few entries so far, and uh, the pot's getting bigger, so maybe you'll win. I'm, I'm putting up a magical flute as the, the grand prize, along with uh, the majority of the pot. I want there to be a second and third prize, too. But yeah, you're welcome to perform. Uh, thank you. I'll make sure they give you... A, an honest con contest. I don't want you to get the pity win. That would be an insult. No, I would feel bad if I got the pity win. Truthfully, I would love to see other performers do well. I just, I want an opportunity to perform. I think it would, it would brighten my spirits after this rough week. Well, I'm thrilled to hear it. I look forward to seeing you two nights from now. We start right at sundown. All right, fantastic. And uh, I assume you're performing as well. And if you are, I look forward to seeing you perform. Uh, I will perform. I will probably bow out before I win any prizes. I want to keep it some kind of contest, after all. And I'm the proprietor here. That's fair. Of course, if it's you making your way to the top, I might just have to give you a run for your money. I'd appreciate it. She flashes you kind of this cocky grin and goes back to wiping things down. Can I get you anything while you're here? I actually have to run and do some other errands this morning yet. Uh, Epi, Rook, did you want anything over here? A breakfast or anything? Do you have any real tea? 
course I have real tea. Brock shoots her a glare. Him. What kind of ridiculous question is that? She, like, goes behind the counter and... I want both of you to roll an Arcana check. Okay. <laughs> 11 plus 1. So I have 12. Okay, I'm breaking out the big dice again. Okay, get ready, guys. Here we go. Okay, damn. <laughs> okay! <laughs> that was an Arcana check, right? Yep. Oh, hot damn. Okay, so, um... That is an unnatural 21. Okay. So, as she's saying that, who would do such a thing? She is in the act of prestidigitizing a glass of water just to taste like tea as she hands it to you. <laughs> Epi looks at it, looks at her, looks at it. Here, it's it's my best blend, dear. It's on the house. <laughs> Brock just puts a hand on Epi's shoulder and, like, very quietly tries to convey, don't. <laughs> Epi just kind of looks at her. This whole town is full of lie tea. I tell you what. <laughs> Takes it and walks out. <laughs> it tastes nice. At least I'll be hydrated with all of the water I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Rook's fine. Yeah, so she's like, alright, well I'll see you guys tomorrow, no, two nights from now. And, uh, are any of you guys performing as well? And he's looking to Epi and Rook. Rook glares at Sarah. Oh, come on. You could do well. Uh, Rook is not what you would call a uh, social person. Really? She's the gopher. She's got such a nice smile. Rook's lips are so pressed together. <laughs> it's alright. She's, uh, she's the costume designer. And Epi just sort of walks out. Alright. Well, it was good to see you, Brock. Uh, I wish you all the best. If there's anything I can do, please let me know. Uh, thank you very much, Sarah. You have a great day. You guys make your way out, and you want to stop by the Bardrock Cafe? Or you just want to go straight to... My, my question is, we were also hoping that either we'd find Felix or Felix would find us if we were in close proximity to where Felix would expect to find us. So, if the Bardrock Cafe doesn't look like it's sworn by guards, yeah, I'd take, like to take a look around. Uh, it looks like it has a few guards, but the, the security is definitely lighter than it was. I want to approach the guards and be like, hey, 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 how's it going? Uh, Brock Song, owner of the cafe. Hello. Uh, how's the investigation going? Ah, well, the, uh, the Magister has concluded their investigation of the meteor that's in your basement. And he says meteor in a way that he's like, he knows it's not a meteor, but that's what he's supposed to say to the public. Actually, if I saw you, I was supposed to, to pass along that the Blackstaff would like to talk to you about what's going on here and have a discussion. Fantastic. I have to uh, stop at the Innkeeper's Guild of the Assurance Claim for the building, but I will go see the Blackstaff afterward. There's this look of genuine pity on his face. He's like, maybe see the Blackstaff before? <laughs> That's... I, I understand your concern. Uh, maybe I will. Right. I think after she has her talk with you, you're going to be given permission to come back and get things going again at the Bardrock Cafe. I don't know what she's going to talk to you about, but I've been told not to let you in until you've talked with her. That's fine. I do have one question. Uh, are you going to be able to move the meteor, or is it basically stuck there? It's my understanding it was very large. I haven't seen it personally. He kind of looks back into the cafe, and it's still, like, wrecked, because nobody's been able to get in to repair anything. He says, I know they haven't moved it. I don't know if they're planning to. Again, you might just need to talk to the black staff about it. Just thought I'd ask now in case you knew. So I will make my way over there shortly. One other point of concern. There's been a lot of buzz about a new criminal in town, and he made an appearance here at your cafe. Goes by the name of Kevin, with a Y. 
just be on your guard. We don't know what's going on with him, but he did kill a magister just last night. Epi as stone-faced as possible. Okay. That sounds terrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's awful. And my stop by the other day, I think I heard about him as well. I remember, out of character, asking about Kevin with a Y because I heard about him because of this incident, so... Well, just be careful, and let us know if you hear anything at all. Thank you, I appreciate it. Good day. Alright, does everyone alright to go to the Blackstaff, or do we want to try finding Felix? Rook is the only one of us that ever has any luck finding Felix on their own. Right. I was just trying to think, like, would Rook know of any other place that goods are sold, quote-unquote, in the dock? Oh, does Felix have a colleague we would know to look for and ask about him? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like a, a person or a place that is a Felix person or place. So, there are a lot of inns and alleyways just across the docks district where Felix might be. You get the sense that nobody knew where you were. And you also know that the last thing you did for Felix was to steal that report. Well, technically it was to bust us out of jail. Well... Felix was there for that. Yes, but then he was not. So, there's a good chance Felix wants to find you. Okay. Yeah, that's true. He always finds us. I think it might be good to go to the Black Stuff. Epi just sort of holds up a hand. So, since it's on the way, do you want to stop by the clothing shop too? Was it on the way? Not even a little bit. Clothing shop is, like, all the way east. We don't want to keep the black staff waiting, and Melody will kill me if they have to wait a third day on my insurance claim. Melody's the server at the Bard Rock. Have you ever seen Melody deal with an irate customer? Because I don't want to be dealt with that way. Epi thinks about it. They're twins, right? The two of them? Yeah. What do I roll to see if I remember which one is which? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, one is the cook. They're in the back room most of the time, so you definitely know which one the server is. Oh, that that would make sense. Um, oh yeah. You get the sense you would have no idea if they switched places. But you would know which one's serving most of the time. Probably. Unless Melody wanted to cook one day, in which case, you don't know. Epi kind of thinks about it. I think I do remember that. There's one time I had a little too much to, um, <laughs> and he does that little drinking motion. I believe she threw me out on my ass. Ah, you had too much of the Keystone Light. Yes, that. what can I say? I don't know if it was Keystone Light full of lies, since somebody tends to do that, but... Well, that's actually my home brew, is I turned water into beer. With prestidigitation, I called it Keystone Light. Did I really get drunk off of water? <laughs> Good God. The mind... The mind is a miraculous thing. Epi just kind of looks at that... that cup of lies in his... in his hand. <laughs> And then looks at Brock. Are the sandwiches actually paper or something? I don't know. I don't know what to trust. The Keystone Light is just the cheap beer. It's for patrons who don't want to pay a lot. I do have actual beer and wine there. It's just maybe you should spring for a better tab next time, Epi. Also, why do you think I keep giving all these free drinks away? Well, I mean, at this point, he just kind of looks at the drink in his hand. Feels so light to. So this is what it feels like. (laughs) I was about to say that. (laughs) <laughs> the prestidigitation is wearing off, so it's starting to taste more and more like just hot water. Epi just kind of looks at it, pours it out, and then tosses the cup in whatever the nearby receptacle is. He just kind of sighs. He's like, no, this, this is why me and Diana are such good friends. She's the only one in the city that actually sells real tea. 
She doesn't even sell it. She just gives it to me. I sell real beverages, you know. Just the cheapest one on the menu is usually just water. Not everyone feels like spending $5 on a cup of coffee. And for the $2 coffee, you get coffee-flavored water. This explains so much about why I was tired back in school. I was just drinking water. <laughs> I feel like I should put in a complaint, but the, the, the whole building's burned down. I don't know who I'd complain to. I mean, you complain to the owner. Hi. Hello. Your cups are full of lies. They will be less full of lies after the place has been rebuilt. See to it that they are. <laughs> anyway, shall we go and speak to the Blackstaff? Probably. Maybe it kind of shuffles around. So, was I specifically requested? I could uh, go to the, um, the innkeeper's guild for you, sign your name and all that. They actually told me that might be fraud, so I'd rather not. I know the fraud is something that you're good at, Effie, but... How dare you? I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, Brock. Can I roll a contested check on that? You don't need to. <laughs> it's very obvious. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. I just give Epi a look. Epi smiles. Would someone rather not go see the Blackstaff? Look, it, to be fair, I mostly just... They're very snoopy. I don't really like people snooping. Let me know what they say. Epi, you met the Blackstaff two days ago. And they might want to be interested in the fact that you can heal. You're an acolyte of the Raven Queen. I think it would be very useful to you and the Blackstaff to have this conversation. Yeah, that, that specifically is what I'm trying to avoid. I mean, yes, I want to bring people back from the dead. It's, it's a noble pursuit. But don't really want them looking into it too much. Well, you know, you do have the upper hand. You could tell them not to ask you questions. Maybe thinks about that. Do you think that would work? Like, tell them if they did, it would anger the gods. Which it totally, totally would. And that's definitely why I'm not doing this. Epi, if you, if you don't want to be recognized, if that's the problem, can't you just do that thing where you make yourself look different? He, he thinks about it. He's like, I could, but unfortunately, several people saw me bring someone back from the dead at, at this point. And also, let's face it, I usually wear this face when I'm raising people from the dead, so... It's not as much that I won't be recognized so much as I don't want it to be well-known. Just be a completely different person and listen to the conversation. It's fine. He thinks about that. You can be my cousin Lenny. You could do that, or if you want to hide behind the truth, sometimes that might be okay, too. Shrug. You don't need to introduce yourself formally as Epi the Acolyte of the Raven Queen. You can just come and listen to my conversation. That's true. The Blacksmith wants to speak to me because I own the cafe. If there's somewhere else you'd rather be, you don't have to come. I just, out of character, Paul feels like it'd be easier if you heard the exposition. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Epi thinks about it. Can I roll a persuasion check to convince Epi to come along? Sure. That is a whopping six plus five eleven. What would I roll to contest that? I mean... Ultimately, you decide what your character does. Okay. That is just how persuasive your character thinks he is. That's still not forcing you to do something. He's not casting suggestion on you yet. Okay. Which is probably the next course of action if Epi's going to continue uh, doing this, probably. I've successfully charmed Epi once. Epi just kind of raises an eyebrow, and um, he just... You see him reach into his little pouch, pull out this tiny piece of leather... Put it between two of his hands, and with this twi twisty hand motion, you just see uh, 
a little poof of smoke go around him as he casts Mage Armor. He's like, all right, fine. But if anything goes wrong, I'm blaming you. That's right, I get blamed for lots of things. That's fair. All right, so sounds like we all head to the Blackstaff's Tower. Yeah. Okay. So, you make your way to the Blackstaff's Tower in the Castle District. You don't get stopped, nothing, nothing happens. As you approach the Blackstaff's Tower, Rook, go ahead and roll Perception. All right. I have to remember everything all over again. 22. Some instinctual part of you tells you to look up. And so I do. And as you do, you see Felix perched in the window where Brock's room is, looking down at the three of you. And he hops out. And he falls really quick and then drifts the last 10, 15 feet or so onto the ground. And he walks up to you guys. Does he do the blade pose when he lands? No. No, he just lands. He does the Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, like... Well, look who's here. Well, I was wondering when you'd make your way back here. Where did you stay last night? I couldn't find you. But let's just say we slept like the dead last night. Happy smiles. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been an eventful night. I don't know how much you've heard. But everything has changed. You're not wanted. That's good. It is. Or that's sad. I think average is to describe the news in that regard based on how it played out. Listen, it's best not to overthink these things. The problem resolved itself. With only a little bit of bloodshed. Anyway, how did the heist go? He's looking dead at you, Brock. Uh, it went as well as it looked like it did based on when you last saw us. Yep. By the way, do you know what GL stands for? I've been seeing that around more. Yeah, Felix. New new team. What do you mean? I mean... We met a few people with tattoos on their bodies with that mark yesterday, and you, I'm sure you already heard about what happened at that one guard station with that mark. Yes. So we were trying to figure out who these people are. I'm trying to figure out as well. They've been cropping up more and more, and... Gangs in the city come and go, so I didn't pay them too much attention. But after they murdered an entire guard station, I'm inclined to find out who they are. So give me a day. I'll probably have some information. And uh, I don't personally as a player remember the name, but Brock does know the name of one of them and wants to give them to him. It was the uh, big barrel-chested guy that had the tattoo transfer. His name was Barrel. Oh, that's why I couldn't remember. I'm like, I feel like it has something to do with Barrel. So I tell him one of them is, we met one named Barrel, if that helps. Yes, I will look into that. Uh, they do seem to be in the Docks District most of all, which is not that surprising, but let me look into it. And if Barrel is the one that committed this murder at the guard station, see if I can find something out about him, too. But in the meantime, where are you all headed? Uh, the Blackstaff wants to see me about the uh, investigation to the Meteor, and I make air quotes with my fingers, in the cafe. Ah, the Meteor. He pulls out the little scroll case that, Rook, you recognize it as the report that you had stolen, mm -hmm. now with the, the seal broken on it. He says, well, before you head up there... Epi is enraptured with this scroll. <laughs> you might want to know what this report says. It's the results of their investigation so far. Well? It was what? It was the reason Brooke, our good friend here, was preoccupied while you were 
fumbling at your attempt at stealing very priceless artifact for me. In my defense, none of only one of us sent, sent was a thief, and you sent, chose the thief yourself. Fair. There were two things to steal at the same time. No, I, I meant the thing that we didn't successfully get for Felix. Uh, the person he sent that was supposed to actually secure the item literally fled. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. That guy. He did. And I will deal with him in my own way. Also, uh, Rook, didn't you have something you needed to tell Felix about that? Yes. Um, the great Martin seems to have... Uh, Compromised your good name, Felix. Uh huh. Seems uh, it was it was fortunately to the uh, magister that is no longer with us, but we don't know how mi- how much of the uh, guards that were at the dock would remember. So Martin blurted your name out for no reason I can understand. Possibly wild magic. So Epi just kind of pulls at his uh, shirt a little bit. Well. I'm thinking it's less wild magic and more the Magister had some magic of her own. So some of the guards of lower rank might know your name, but they only know your first name. I don't know how much that will affect your work. So you see a shadow kind of pass over Felix's face as he hears this news, but then he's like, it it passes, and he goes back to his happy disposition. He goes, well, the Magister's dead, so, again, best not to overthink it. Yep, just wanted to let you know. Right. Now, Martine and I have to have a conversation of a different sort. But I digress. Thank you for telling me, Rook. You know I love you. Rook doesn't respond at all. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> if the major plot twist here is that Felix is Rook's father, I swear. I have, I have nothing to say. We'll find out. That wasn't a no. I guess you could say the cat's out of the bag on that one. <laughs> He's present. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, so Felix un- unfurls the scroll. He slides out. He says, Alright, so, would you like to read it? Offers it to you guys. Epi absolutely is reading it. Okay, so Epi snatches the scroll. I just read over Epi's shoulder. Sure. Uh, and Rook, you're able to read it too. Yes. The scroll itself. It's the report on the obelisk, and it it fell from the sky, and identifying magic that was cast on it has shown that it is a divine object. The scroll? It is a celestial. No, 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 no. I'm like, what? Sorry, my brain fucking farted really hard just now. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... (laughs) The scroll, huh? (laughs) Divine scroll. (laughs) Yep. This scroll is very special. Okay. Um, it's the dragon scroll. <laughs> oh, wait, so the obelisk is a divine object. Yes, yes, that makes a lot more sense. Right. Yes. It is actually a celestial being, but it doesn't seem to have uh, sentience on a conscious level. The sigils on the obelisk are written in the celestial language, but contact with the obelisk grants the user the ability... To understand that language and all spoken and written languages for a time. Uh, The sigils write the entire life story of the person reading it. They're not sure how the sigils can look different to everyone who sees it, even if they're looking at it simultaneously. Though this may be related to the ability where uh, the person speaking tongues after touching it is heard in the native language of whoever is listening, even if they're all listening simultaneously. 
It all seems to be kind of related. Wait a minute. You said that whoever is reading it, they read their own life story. Yes. Brock's head slowly turns towards Epi as he reads that part. Epi looks a little pale and just sort of shrugs. <laughs> well, so there is more. Felix, yesterday I asked you if you could learn anything about Giuseppe von Burse. Did you uh, find anything out? Well, well, we'll get there. Let me finish what the scroll says. Yeah, that's fine. To the best of their knowledge, the obelisk is not related to the uh, sudden silence of the gods and the complete failure of all divine magic after that. At least not directly, but the timing is very close. It is related to the appearance of wild magic around the city, specifically around the Bard Rock Cafe. Anyone that was nearby the obelisk had wild magic happen at some point, and it seems that being around the obelisk causes wild magic. Epi just is reading this and just sort of mutters to himself, so that's what the sand was about. The obelisk does seem to have selectively chosen on an on a subconscious level some individuals to have wild magic long term apart from the obelisk itself. There's no clue about why certain people were chosen, but there's a recommendation in the report for the black staff to track down and find anyone that has wild magic abilities to try and find any common threads or figure out what's going on, what is the motivation or the cause of this phenomenon. There is mention at the bottom of the scroll of a rogue agent named Kevin with a Y uh, and a quick uh, discussion of him trying to break in to interact with the obelisk there is a recommendation that a bounty be placed on him, but there is no physical description given. And that is all the scroll says. Hmm. Effie just sort of hands the scroll to the next person and starts making notes in his in his book. And you, you do see the color has drained slightly from his face, but he's excitingly scribbling down what he's learned. So there's there's a pause. Um, Effie, are you looking in your book or are you looking at Felix? I am facing my book, but I look up at Felix and uh, I try to very quietly cast the message spell while looking like I'm writing in my book. Well, before you do that, mm -hmm. roll a quick insight. Okay. 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 I'm not going to roll the big dice for the sake of everyone's ears. I'm just going back to shiny blue dice. Oh, no. Um, so that's that's a nat twenty plus four for my insight. Plus doesn't matter. Well, I mean you're way past the DC. Um, go ahead and roll your your wild magic real quick, and we'll see what that is first. We have a thirty seven and a thirty three. Who boy, I'm sure this is fine. Okay, so they're both good. You can pick. One of these is way more interesting. Oh no. I would recommend we just go with the interesting one personally. Let's just do the interesting one. I don't know which one that is. Okay. You can cast any level one wizard spell and apply the careful and subtle spell metamagics to it. So basically, without any verbal or somatic components and without anybody really noticing, you can cast any, not that you have prepared, but any level one wizard oh. spell. <laughs> oh. I will say this with that nat 20 insight 
Uh, as Brock asks the question, just for like a brief second, you see like Felix's eyes kind of... He's glancing over all three of you. But his eyes linger on you for just like a hair of a second longer and there's a glimmer in those eyes. And he goes back to Brock. Anyway, what do you have a level one spell that you would like to cast? I'm thinking for this one... I'm gonna have to go with, uh... Oh man, I don't think one of these specifically will work. Hang on. When in doubt, just go with the one that's funniest. I'm going to give Felix a look, and then cast Charm Person, which I'm sure is going to go perfectly well. On Felix? Yeah. I know that it means it knows he's gonna know that I cast it on him. But will he know that you cast it because of wild magic? I didn't do it on purpose, Felix. No idea. But I cast... I cast Charm Person on Felix. Very quietly, and then say... Or, I actually don't know if it'll work yet, but... I look at him, I'm like... Felix, I, I don't know what you found out about this Giuseppe von Burst fellow, but... You and I are good, right? So, Felix holds up a hand to you and kind of stops you mid-sentence. Don't worry. I'm just giving him a report. And he turns to you, Brock, and he says, So, Giuseppe Von Burst is the youngest son of the Von Burst family. They are mostly court wizards and scholarly types. They do a lot of magic for the city. They are housed in the northern district. Giuseppe Von Burst has a twin sister named Julia. Francesca Von Burst is the Grand Dame and one of the highest-ranking wizards in the city. Giuseppe studied under her for a while, and then trained at the Blackstaff's Tower. But Giuseppe Von Burst is now abroad training at the, from what I understand, the host tower of the Arcane in Luskin. Why do you ask? Well, when we were investigating the obelisk, Giuseppe's life story was written on the obelisk, apparently. Perhaps he was scrying. Curious. Yes, very curious. But like I said, all the documentation, even among, from what I understand, Giuseppe's own family, indicates that Giuseppe is in Luskin, studying abroad. Giuseppe kind of tries to give Felix a, a, a slight smile without anybody else noticing, but we'll see how well that goes. <laughs> and you say they studied directly under the Blackstaff. Oh, no. The Blackstaff trains very few people these days. Her responsibilities are far more involved with the city. So they just trained at the tower? Yes. Okay. It is the center of arcane study in Waterdeep. That's where most mages go to study. Giuseppe is just very, very not at all suspiciously sketching in his, in his book, writing down certain things. <laughs> Still copying down the scroll. It's fine. Well... Brock, Rook, Epimetheus. This has been a very charming encounter. But I think it's time for me to go and for you to go talk with the Blackstaff. Keep in mind that she is looking for people with wild magic, so decide whether or not you want her to know you have it. Okay, thanks for a minute. Also, while I'm thinking about it, usually I got some of my jobs out of you. Do you happen to know anyone that's in need of, um, services rendered. 
You mean, are there any dead people trying to be brought back? Exactly. With all the clerics that can't do that anymore? Yes, I'm sure I can find some people. At an increased price, even. Perfect. Actually, Epi, I had a thought about that. Oh, you did? You can bring back the dead because of your connection to the Raven Queen, right? Absolutely. I'd be willing... I'm going to bet there'd be lots of people who'd be interested in learning how to do that since you're one of the only people in Waterdeep that can still do it. Maybe the Raven Queen's acolytes can do it where others can't. You should probably look into that. I bet there's probably very lucrative business in helping people learn to raise the dead again. Epicata looks at him and smiles. I'm sure that that is, but the Raven Queen's blessing only extends so far and only to the truly faithful. Then maybe people would be willing to pay a premium fee to have someone truly faithful speak to the Raven Queen on their behalf via prayer. Now that sounds like an interesting proposition. And he kind of looks at Felix and gives him that, that smile that's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's all coming together. I'm sure someone could set up things of this sort. Well, First, you have to get word out that you can still resurrect people. I know the Black Staff knows already. Hmm. She may have some requests for you, actually. Perfect. They wouldn't happen to be time-sensitive, would they? That depends. Well, is there a limit on who you can bring back? At the moment. There's lots of dead people looking to be brought back. I can promise you that. I feel like they're not the ones looking to be brought back so much as the people who care about them being brought back are. I feel like they're not looking for much of anything at the moment. I find that most dead people are looking to be brought back to life. In my experience, I've never come across someone who wasn't willing to be brought back. That's a fair point. So, at the moment, it seems that uh, it would upset the delicate balance of life and death, the Raven Queen nonsense. I can only do it once per day. Well, decide for yourself. I promise you I can find people who need resurrecting. But also, there's some value in currying favor with the Black Staff. This is true. I leave it to your judgment, Epi. Epi kind of thinks for a minute. Tell me who it is that's dead and needs bringing back, and... Perhaps we can swing by after the Black Staff. Maybe, if I decide to actually go. Alright. I'll go find some people. Perfect. And... Thank you very much. Felix makes his way off. You guys still have the report on you. He's leaving it with you. Seems like he's found out everything he needs to know from it. I hand the report to Rook to hide, because we do not want to be found with that report. Okay, that's in my pack. All right. Did I copy down all of it? Would you like to? Mm-hmm. Did you copy it down on real pages or magic pages? I, I feel like you did, though, because you handed it back to us and scribbled furiously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Over the course of this whole conversation, you copied it word for word. So the whole report is now in your book. And faded into the page. Epi kind of looks at Rook. So... If you don't want to be caught with contraband in the Black Staff Tower, you can always light that on fire. I have my own copy. Yeah, I don't see why we need this thing anymore. Alright, may I? And I hold my hand out for the scroll again. I give it to Brock. I don't need it. I hold it up and I press to digitize it on fire, because that is something I can do. The scroll burns away. 
Now, with regards to this wild magic thing, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want the black staff knowing anything about me. Here's the thing. We don't have any control over when it happens, so would you rather have the black staff know, uh, not know, and then find out we lied because it goes off? Or would you rather just be upfront and then not get arrested for lying to the black staff? I won't tell if, I won't tell the black staff either if you have wild magic, but I'm just gonna be straightforward because I can't afford to get arrested for lying. <laughs> I know what you mean, and I've thought about it, and I realize that I just know I can pawn off the blame on someone else. Personally, I'm with Rook on this one. You can always tell the truth later. And I don't want to be a lab rat. Mm. Not for this guy. That is certainly a concern. I have less faith in the workings of the city than I used to, but I I would hope that, that if my family name means anything, it would mean that the Blackstaff won't put me in a lab for having wild magic. And out of the three of us, you might be the one to persuade of, of such? <laughs> exactly. So, at the very least, I'll come clean about it. I like I was it was my cafe. It would be very easy to believe I was just in there exposed. I think it'd be very understandable that I had it. I feel like if they if they're looking for lab rats, there's probably more than the three of us running around. Fair. That's fair enough. And um so as far as going to see the black stuff, apparently my services are desperately needed elsewhere. Lots of dead people, and if we're going to get the word out that I can bring people back from the dead I think I may know a place I can go get that done. It did sound like the Blackstaff might be interested in hiring you as well, but if you want to duck out and let me just tell you how the conversation goes, that's fine. Then you don't have to answer any uncomfortable questions about wild magic. The same for you as well, Rook. Hmm. I think I'd like to sit in on this conversation. So I'll be following you. That sounds alright. Now, to be fair, one moment, and he writes in the book, tell Dot to meet us at the Blackstaff Tower. Uh, the letters fade. No response. I write in there, is Dot still summoned? She didn't get, like, kicked out of existence or something, did they? Dot is still summoned. The words appear on the page and then vanish. I write in there, Dot doesn't want to come here, does, do they? I wouldn't know. Hmm. <laughs> Epi? Yes? I just want you to know, and I try to convey the look in my eyes that I now understand what I wasn't supposed to understand before. I told you about trust yesterday, and you can trust me. And I'm done pursuing anything about Giuseppe Von Verse. Epi kind of looks him over, tries to read into the face, see if there's any dishonesty in there. Brock is being completely dead honest. He's onto it, and... All, like We already learned what Brock thinks he needs to learn, which is the Theobolus tells people their own life story. So it's not important that he knows more of Epi's life story to understand that. Epi just kind of deep sigh and closes the book and says, I'd rather not have the black staff taking too good of a look at me. Understandable. If I was Giuseppe, I would, I'm sure Giuseppe would understand. I also know a thing or two about how the nobles and their families get along and the expectations of noble family. So whatever happened to Giuseppe, I'm sure they would know that I would understand. And I would also probably appreciate privacy in that matter. Epi kind of smiles and nods a bit. And it's just like, I appreciate that. So I'm going to go bring some people back from the dead and make us a few diamonds, see what's up with that. So y'all have fun at the Blackstaff. 
And uh, also, I'm can I roll a history check to see if I know where the good food is in the Blackstaff Tower? Oh, yeah. Probably the cafeteria, since that's where it is. There might be good stuff. Well, the cafeteria, but, like, like, you know what the good dishes are. Like, it's still cafeteria food, right? But it's a high-end cafeteria. It's run by mages, and you know which dishes to ask for. Who has the real tea? <laughs> so I'm just gonna be like So while you're there Just so you know, Brock Especially since you seem to enjoy Making tea with magic Go in there, ask for Lola Ask for her special blend Ask her how she does it And then maybe Just maybe You can use that information for good And I pat him on the back and <laughs> I'll be sure to do that all right, Rook, are you ready to go talk to the Blackstaff? Yep, all set. Let's go. All right, uh, you make your way upstairs to the Blackstaff, and that is where we'll end the episode. And thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you for episode 11. Okay, you listen to Bar Rock Cafe. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bardrock Cafe. Till next time.